Welcome to the Sip and Sort podcast. I'm Hannah, a teacher turned professional organizer with a passion for all things simple living. When it comes to getting and staying organized, it's never really about the bins and baskets. It's about being intentional and making space for what matters. Sometimes it's just about less. Less stuff, less busy, less ingredients, and less visual and mental clutter. Grab a cup of your favorite drink and join me as we sort out and simplify all aspects of our homes and lives. Hi guys, I hope you're doing well. I am sipping on some hot water with lemon, you know, getting crazy over here. And I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with Mia Amy's from Respect Your Mother Earth. She is going to give you her five tips for beginning a minimal waste lifestyle. And I think that you are really going to love it. Enjoy. Stay tuned. Hi, Mia. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Can you start just by introducing yourself to our audience? Yeah. So my name is Mia. I am the host of Respect Your Mother Earth podcast. Um, Over the years, I've become incredibly inspired by people who have been making positive changes, building businesses, uh, creating communities in the eco-friendly space. So I really wanted to create a place where I could share their stories um, and talk about all the positive impacts that they're making on our planet. So my hope for the podcast is that it will inspire people to also make changes and take some action. I love that. Can you tell me, have you always been into this kind of lifestyle or is this a new thing for you or where was the shift? (laughs) No, I have not always been in uh, living a minimal waste lifestyle. Quite the opposite, actually. Um, I used to be the girl who would buy a new outfit each week for work. Um, I would get my daily Tim Hortons coffee in the disposable coffee mug. Um, oh goodness, you know, anytime I had food waste, I would be more disappointed about the money wasted than the actual food itself or the effects of the environment. Um, and most of that came just from ignorance and not knowing any better, but, um, that really changed for me when I moved to Vancouver three years ago. So Vancouver is a really eco-progressive city. And this is where I learned about multi-stream recycling. So there are two types of uh, recycling systems. There's single stream and multi-stream. And I had grown up with single stream. And so that is where you take all of your recyclables and you throw them into one blue bin. And then they make their way to the, the recycling facility and the facility sorts it for you. But in Vancouver, we have uh, multi-stream recycling. So that really puts the sorting into the consumer's hands. So in our, uh, yeah, so we have um, a glass bin, a paper bin, we have um, mixed containers, we have refundable beverage containers, we have a compost bin, and then of course our garbage bin. Um, So although this was incredibly frustrating at first to try and figure it all out, um, it was really eye-opening for me. Uh, That was probably the first time that I stopped and realized that all of these items are processed differently. And then I started wondering how and where and (laughs) when and, you know, what on earth is compost anyways. I I didn't know anything about compost before then. So I started asking a lot of questions and came to a lot of realizations. And that's kind of where my story begins. That's interesting. So when you got there, did you feel like the people that lived around you had a good grasp on it? Or is it kind of like some people are doing it and some people aren't? No, absolutely. A lot of people in Vancouver are practicing this daily. Um, I would say 
some people are still a little bit confused with the composting side of things, maybe. Um, but that's again, because like me, they've come from other provinces where they've never seen a compost city bin. So interesting. I know we yeah. don't have those. We don't have those around here. We have one in our kitchen, but it is very, very new. And you're, are you in an apartment? I am. Yes. Okay. That is very yeah. interesting. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that about the new outfits too, because um, you said that you, you were getting new outfits like once a week. I went through a phase in high school where like every single night I was going to Target and grabbing a new outfit for like, what is that for the next day? And I would never dream of doing something like that now. Yeah. Isn't it really interesting how your perception changes once you start to learn about everything, fast fashion and all of the waste? Absolutely crazy. So can you tell our audience a little bit about, about why lessening our waste is so important right now? Yeah, you know, I think I have two answers to this question. So um, of course, the answer that we've all been hearing, um, especially over the last few years, which is, you know, re reducing what we're, what we're putting into a landfill, um, trying to prevent so many more landfills that take up valuable space. Um, we want to preserve our resources. We want to reduce air and water pollution. Um, but there have been a lot of debates on that about the specifics and the stats. And um, yeah, it, it can be quite a controversial topic. And, and the truth of that, um, is that I really don't know. I'm not a scientist and I don't know. I don't know a lot of the answers to those questions um, in terms of how much of an effect we're having, like which industries are having the largest effect on the planet. Um, but what I do know is what I can measure by what I can see. And so, um, you know, when, when I think about this question, I think, do we have an effect on the planet? Do we have an effect on the environment? Do we have an effect on, on animals and wildlife. Yes, absolutely. We see photos, videos, reports weekly, if not daily, of marine life washing up on shore entangled in plastic and fishing gear. Um, we see wildlife stuck in plastic bottles and dying with, you know, plastic in their stomachs. So there is no doubt that we're having an effect on our planet, but I can't speak specifically to like the weight of that and the true measure of that. Um, so when I think about it, I think what I do know is that the plastic takes hundreds, if not thousands of years to break down. So that means that 12 generations of my grandchildren will still be dealing with the repercussions of my actions. Holy crap. <laughs> that is, a, you know, like, so my plastic water bottles that didn't make it to the recycling facility that ended up in landfill. Um, my plastic toothbrushes, uh, you know, and then I think about like all the little plastic 90s knickknacks that we all bought into that of course ended up in garbage. Um, so many pieces of plastic are still gonna be sitting here long after I'm gone. Um, so I really like to think of it in terms of a legacy, like that is not the legacy that any of us want to leave behind for our grandchildren um, or for future generations. So I think, we really need to open our eyes and realize that when we throw something away, there isn't truly in a way, there's just a someplace else. When you're so, getting rid of your things, right? When you're getting rid of your things, just imagine that they're just going to a different location. This is so true. 
um, there's a couple things I wanted to comment about on that. Um, firstly, for me personally, it actually took me becoming a, an elementary school teacher who I focused on science and working with kids kindergarten through third grade. And you know, their whole curriculum is about like saving the planet and pollution and animals and all of these things. And I'm teaching these things and I'm going through this stuff. And then I'm going like, wait a second, like I don't do any of the stuff that we're telling these kids to do. And no one I know does either. Like this is something that we actually have to work on. And these kids would get so passionate about it. So I mean, I took it and I ran with it and I made my whole life about it. So interesting. Um, what are your top five, and you can take your time going through it, what are your top five simple household swaps for people who are just getting into this lifestyle? Exciting. Okay, so the first one is fairly obvious, although it's very important to me, and that is to have your reusable coffee mug with you. Bring it with you, use it at all times. Um, and I say this because a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what a disposable coffee cup actually is. Um, so there is actually a plastic lining inside the paper cup. And when you realize this, it's so painfully obvious because if you poured a hot beverage or any liquids into a paper cup, they would leak through, right? So, so there is this plastic lining. Um, and I mean, we could talk about the health effects of hot food in plastic, but then I also want to speak to, yeah. <laughs> Bingo. That's what I was going to say before that, that slipped my mind. That was the other thing before I even realized like the environmental implications, not that I didn't know, but before they really soaked in for me, I, I got into the health, the health issues with all of the plastic just for us personally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It can be quite scary when you learn how many types of plastic and chemical concoctions there are out there that haven't even been tested. So um, so that speaks to the coffee cup, but also the fact that um, a lot of those cups are, are being thrown into a landfill because facilities don't actually have the manpower, the resources to separate those two materials, right? So in order to recycle them, they would have to remove the paper from the plastic. Facilities can't necessarily do that, so they end up in landfill. And then when we talk about um, how slow plastic breaks down, that paper outer um, layer is breaking down much quicker than the plastic. So again, when we talk about a legacy, um, all of those coffee cups that you use daily add up quite quickly and they're just sitting in a landfill for a very long period of time. So um, the coffee mug is a big one for me. Um, I think it's a really easy change to make. Uh, secondly, similarly in line with that would be to, to bring your own grocery bag to the grocery store. Um, it feels weird at first. I know the first time I walked in with my own bag, I was waiting for a manager to ask me what's in it or if I'm stealing something or <laughs> it's a strange feeling, but you get used to it pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, same thing when we talk about the lifespan of these items. So I think it's, I think it's um, said that an average lifespan of a plastic bag or that the use of a, of a plastic bag is about 20 minutes. So if you think about the grocer packing your groceries, you get it into your car, you take it home, you unpack it, and then most people throw it in the garbage. That's about a 20 minute lifespan. But then it sits in a landfill for anywhere from 10 to 20 years. So again, when you think about how many you use in a week, times that by four, times that by 12, in a year, it adds up so quickly. Yeah, um, I love that one. We moved into our apartment um, almost four years ago. And when we moved in almost four years ago, there was a blue plastic bag in one of the trees by here. And it's pretty close to the top of the tree. And it's a, it's a big tree. That bag is still there. 
It has been there the entire time we've been living here. Just insane. It's wild. Oh, it's so sad. And we're, we, we just are so misunderstood. We think that once it ends up in the trash or once it goes away, then its life is over, but it, it just really sits around for a very long time. So, um, and, and I don't advocate to go out and buy the new grocery tote or to buy, you know, the cotton grocery bag. Um, absolutely use what you have in your own house, even if that's a backpack. Um, so yeah, so I, I make sure that I pack a few bags in my trunk at all times and, and you know, sometimes I throw my empty coffee cup into my grocery bag and make sure I've got them both with me. Um, third, one that we've really loved is that we actually swapped paper towel for reusable dinner napkins. Um, we have a pack of 12. They are red and black checkered. So if we spill spaghetti or wine, no one knows. Um, we fold them, they stay in the pantry, we bring them out for dinners. If we don't use them, we just pop them right back in the pantry. Um, and then they come in handy if we have dinner guests or you know, Christmas events or whatever the case may be. Um, but we were finding we would use one piece of paper towel for every dinner, every lunch, and whether it got used or not, it ended up um, going either in the garbage and then eventually the compost and the plastic wrap and all of those things are just very wasteful. Absolutely. We lived in a little Eskimo village for a school year a couple a couple years ago, and it was off the road system. And we had to have all of our supplies shipped in. And at that point, we were not living a minimal waste lifestyle. We were, um, I mean, we were very like minimalistic, but not with our waste. Um, and we would buy, you know, paper towels in bulk, and we would be throwing them. We would use just one on something, you know, stupid and silly and small, and throw it away. But there, no one was coming to get the trash. We would actually have to take the trash to the village dump. And you could just see, I mean, I think most of us don't see a landfill on an almost daily basis. And we did. And that was like a real, um, like, wow, this is, this is a real thing. And it's awful. Yeah, it's a big eye opener once you have the opportunity to see the waste and, and especially going down to the facilities can be really impactful because you get to see as a community how quickly it uh, adds up to. Absolutely. Um, my fourth, this one I'm very excited about. So um, there are groups on Facebook called Buy Nothing Groups. Um, have you heard of them? I have. We have one around here, actually. Yes. Okay. So for everyone listening, um, jump on Facebook, type in Buy Nothing, and then followed by your community name. You may or may not have a Buy Nothing group in your community, and that's fine. You can go onto their website, and you can actually apply to start a Buy Nothing group in your own community. But essentially what they are is um, a sharing space with your neighbors. Um, and the idea is that we all don't need to own one of everything. If you make muffins three times a year, you don't need to own a muffin tin. You know what yes. I mean? It doesn't need to yes. sit in your pantry. It doesn't need to be there collecting dust the rest of the year. So um, if you need that muffin tin, you jump on the Facebook group, you ask your neighbor if you can borrow it. Um, the idea is that they receive nothing in return. So it's not any sort of like bargain or barter. It's just a kind gesture um, in a time when we're so disconnected from other human beings staring at our cell phones. It's just a beautiful way to reconnect with your neighbor. So I love that. I think that's an amazing thing. And again, if you don't have one in your community, you can apply to start one. And then if you do need to buy something, Facebook Marketplace. I love that. I love everything about that. And even, you know, from an organizing perspective, I mean, one of the, the biggest issue that I have with clients is that they have too much stuff. And like you said, if you use a muffin pan three times a year, you probably don't have to have your own muffin pan. I love mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. And if you do want it and you do need it, getting it on Facebook Marketplace is amazing. Um, secondhand thrift vintage, store, vintage stores are really great. But um, <laughs> I kind of think of Facebook as like the secondhand Amazon. Like you can browse and shop from the comforts of your own home, which is really nice. So I've uh, furnished half my apartment with items from Facebook Marketplace. I love that. Yeah. And then my last little tip or trick is more just to remember to be kind to yourself while you're transitioning or making these changes. Um, you're probably going to buy a lot of items that you'll regret later. <laughs> you know, you get excited, you jump on the, on the train of um, the items you see online that look really curated and beautiful. I know that I made a few of those mistakes and now I don't use those items and that's not the point of living a minimal waste lifestyle. Um, I would also mention to be aware of greenwashing. So when you're changing, you want to pay attention to companies, what they state, but actually what they're creating. So an example might be a bamboo toothbrush and the packaging claims that it's eco-friendly, but it comes in tons of plastic packaging. Um, there's a lot of laundry detergent that claims to be eco-friendly, but if you look at the ingredients, there's some sneaky ones in there. So um, pay attention to those. Again, if you accidentally buy them, it's okay. We've all been there. It just takes some time to do a little bit of research at the beginning, figure out which companies you can trust and enjoy, and then it just becomes second nature from there. Yes. And, and lastly, to that point, if any company is telling you that you need to buy this new thing, their values are absolutely not in line with a minimal waste lifestyle because the idea is to use what you have, repurpose what you have, and only buy when you need something new. Absolutely. I love that. Now you just touched on great five tips for people to begin with, but I know that you've been doing this for a little while and you probably are into some more advanced quote unquote, um, minimal waste lifestyle things. So what could be some long-term goals for people who are already in this, in this lifestyle or headed that yeah. way? You know, I really want to customize this answer for each individual. And the only way that I can do that is by suggesting that everyone does a waste audit within their own home. So I have done this um, actually a handful of times. And essentially, you collect all of your non-perishable waste for either a week, two weeks, or a month. Um, I like to do it for a month because then I can take that visual, times it by 12, and really see the effect that I'm having in a, in a year. Um, but the importance of the waste audit is that, again, you get the visualization and then you have an opportunity to make adjustments accordingly. So when I did my waste audit, I actually saw that I had ooh, a lot of almond milk beverage containers. We had a lot of paper waste, um, clamshells. I was buying a lot of strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. And then there actually were three Starbucks disposable coffee cups. Um, and, and I do have to say that I was shocked. I, the waste was double what I expected it to be. Um, those disposable coffee mugs we had bought at the beginning of the month. And it was a moment of, you know, what's every once in a while? Oh, it's just every once in a while. I usually bring my reusable coffee mug. So what's every once in a while? And I had the opportunity to see how much every once in a while adds up. Um, so that was the moment right there that I made the pact with myself that if I don't have my reusable coffee mug, I just don't get a coffee. Um, and then I opted out of junk mail. There was no reason that I was collecting all of this junk mail and all of this paper. Um, and now our, our paper waste is, is almost nothing. 
That's a great um, idea. I love that. Great idea. Yeah. And so the other adjustments that I made was loose fruit. So I buy a lot more apples, oranges, bananas, rather than the clamshells. And then I had the opportunity to play around with some recipes for nut milks at home. Um, so as much as I want to say, you know, everyone should try making some nut milks at home, or you should try making your own vanilla from home. Yes, there are all these like amazing creative ideas, but I think the biggest value and the biggest impact you can make is by actually viewing the areas that you need to make changes personally in your own home. So true. That's wonderful. Mia, where can our audience go to find out more about you? Yeah. So um, we are releasing, I, I should say I, <laughs> I am releasing my first interview next month. Um, if you want to give a listen to our intro, you can find us on Apple um, or SoundCloud at Respect Your Mother Earth. Um, and then on Instagram as well at respect your mother underscore earth where you can stay tuned on upcoming episodes and release dates. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. If you're looking for more guidance and support during your journey to a more simple, less cluttered life, head over to my website at theorderlyness.com and sign up for my free Sip and Sort Sunday email challenges. Or join my private Facebook group, The Orderly Nest Community, where you'll find tons of encouragement, tips, motivation, as well as before and after photos from others along the same journey. And if you've been enjoying these episodes, please consider taking a minute to leave me a rating or review, which just helps me get the word out. Talk soon. Cheers. Cheers.